Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us tonight to the book of John, chapter number 16. John chapter number 16, we'll begin at verse number 5, and uh, just want to read this particular passage down through uh, verse number 12. John chapter number 16, beginning at verse number 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me whether thou whether goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you would open our heart to it. Please open it to our heart. Help us to see this truth. May it be real in our own hearts. May we recognize the power of the comforter that you have sent. May we honor you in believing and trust you in receiving. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read just another verse from the book of John. John chapter number 7, verse 39, just one verse. But this spake he of the Spirit, speaking of of the Holy Spirit expressly, he said, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet Glorified. If I know my heart tonight, I, I, I want us to see what uh, Jesus was trying to share with the disciples concerning the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know the mind of God, but I am familiar with the Spirit. I don't understand His power. I can't comprehend His greatness It's hard for me to even grasp that the perfectness of God lives within me, but it is so because of the Spirit of God. There was a righteousness that was imputed to me through faith when I believed in Christ and was saved. And it is through the Spirit of God that all of that is implemented and executed and preserved each and every day. Um. It wasn't that long ago that we dealt with how important it is not to grieve the Spirit of God and not to, 
not to in any way cause offense, if we can, to do everything that he says, to obey him. And here we find that Jesus was trying to express to them how important it was that he go away, because if he didn't go away, the Comforter could not come. And here we find in the passage that we read to you the reason he couldn't come. For the purpose of the Holy Spirit was manifold, but here Jesus gives them three specific things. And I believe that the Spirit of God is still doing these three things. And I still believe he does it well. Just because we live in a world that has rejected God and rejected his Son, it doesn't mean that the Spirit of God is not doing his work. And I'm grateful tonight that he's done it in you and in me. And I'm grateful that the Spirit of God will never stop doing his job. Now, there'll be a day God will remove the Spirit, right? There's a day coming when that, when that great day shall come and the Spirit of God shall, through the call of Christ, receive all of his own. And that day of tribulation shall begin. I believe it's in Thessalonians. He warns that the very one that keeps now will be taken away. The very one that holds at bay the wickedness of this world today is the Spirit of God. Uh, that he, we can't imagine a world, you see. We think it bad. We look around us and we think, how much more wicked could this world be? But imagine a world where there is no influence of the Holy Spirit anywhere. In any part, in any person. Imagine a world where there is no power of the Holy Spirit with any human being. Oh, what a sad time. What a terrifying time that that will be. But the Spirit of God is here now. The Spirit of God is here today. And today we have an opportunity to worship Him, the God of all creation, Christ Himself, through the Spirit of God. What Jesus was saying to them, He said very clearly. And I believe He wanted them to understand. Now, Granted, he was speaking to men who had not received the Spirit as well. Not yet. They wouldn't understand it. And he said as much, I've yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. It was things that they would learn. There were things that they would remember. There were things when the Holy Spirit would come upon them and would fill their hearts that they would recall that Jesus said there were The the very voice of Christ would ring in their ears at that time when the Holy Spirit then filled them. But what Christ was saying to them on that day was that it's absolutely necessary that I go away. Because if I don't go away, then the very reason the Comforter would come would have not been accomplished. If Christ had stayed, then the very purpose of the Holy Spirit would have been of none effect, at least on this earth at that time. And yet what Jesus was saying unto them was he said, but I am going away. He said, I am going away. He told them specifically how that it would happen. And even though their hearts were sorrowful, he said to them, I tell you a truth. And all when the king of truth, when the Lord of truth speaks those words, we need to pay attention. We need to recognize that there's something very important and relevant to us that he's fixing to say. He said, I tell you a truth that it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter won't come. Oh, but when he comes, 
He said the comforter will have a reason. The comforter will have a purpose. And the comforter will be able to do what Jesus in bodily form could not do. The comforter will reprove the world of sin. He will reprove the world of righteousness. And he will reprove the world of judgment. I want us tonight to look simply at the work of the Holy Spirit in reproving. Reproving. I tried to understand the term itself to make certain that we could grasp what it was the Holy Spirit or the intent of the Holy Spirit is to do. And it means to reprove with conviction upon the offender. Now you can reprove someone, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is convicted nor convinced of their offense, right? I can reprove someone and they can, you know, they can just blow it off and and not accept it or receive it. But that's not the case with the Holy Spirit. When he reproves, you will be convinced. It doesn't mean you'll change, nor does it mean that you'll believe. But when he reproves, you will know that you are guilty. You will be convicted of sin. And I thank God for that truth. I thank God that the very moment he arrested me, I was headed for conviction. It wasn't a question about my guilt because upon his, upon his speaking unto me, it, my guilt was clear. No one had ever revealed unto me my guilt. No one had ever spoken unto me of my sin. Nobody had ever revealed and, and made aware to my own conscience that the depth of my sin, the depravity of my sin, the guilt of my sin. And yet when the Holy Spirit came and spoke to me that day, there was a clear conviction, a convincing of sin, a person who had no thought about it before. And in that instant when the Holy Spirit spake, he spoke conviction unto my soul. What Jesus was saying to them that day was when I send the comforter, the comforter will have the power, will have the ability that when he speaks and reproves of sin, he will also convince of sin. He will have the power to convict of sin. And may I say, if no one ever gets convicted of sin, they'll never get lost. If they never get lost, they'll never get saved. Ultimately, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to convince one of their guilt, but also to convince them of the saving work of the cross of Jesus Christ and lead them unto salvation. May I say to you today, it's important that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit, that we obey the Spirit of God because it's the power of God unto salvation. Everything the Spirit does is to lead one to Christ. When he comes, he said, he will reprove the world of sin. And I believe today that the Holy Spirit is doing that. I believe he convinces of sin and his man continues to do everything they can to relieve themselves of the feeling of conviction, the convincing of their own sin. See, we've even changed the laws. We've even moderated ourselves or negotiated with what God has already declared as sin and we have declared it to be something else. 
But just because men call good evil and evil good does not mean the Holy Spirit is not still convicting of sin. Men go on and you think that they're unmoved or undeterred by the power of the Holy Spirit. But may I say to you that there's a point in every man's life when the Holy Spirit will convince them of their sin. Now they may reject it and many have and they've received unto themselves the judgment of that rejection. They've received unto themselves a conscience that has become seared with the sin of this world. They receive as the judgment of God a mind that is reprobate to truth and simple discernment of what is right and wrong. But may I say the Holy Spirit has never failed to do his job. He still reproves of sin. And his reproof is not simply a passing His reproof is not simply as saying to one you ought not do something. But when the Holy Spirit reproves of sin, it is a convincing into one's own heart that they have offended God. They're an offense to the law of God and that they're guilty before God. The power of the Holy Spirit can do that. (laughs) Uh, Thank God he can do that. I'm thinking of the testimonies of many that are sitting here tonight who claimed there was no God or they didn't love God, didn't care for God, lived as wicked as they could, and yet there was a day when the Holy Spirit spoke. It stopped them in their tracks and they became convinced of their sin, convicted by the Holy Spirit. You're talking about one that can get your attention? He's the only one. He's the only one. There have certainly been many to give me advice and to share with me clear direction before. But I'll tell you today, there's never been one like the Holy Spirit of God. When he speaks, you will know. You see, nobody had to be with me that day. Oh, thank God, the Holy Spirit. That's his purpose, you see. Bless the name of Jesus because he knew, you see, how important it would be. He had to go away, but first he had to die. He had to shed his blood and he had to make the sacrifice and he had to offer unto God that sacrifice. Every bit of salvation was performed by Jesus Christ. But may I say, the work of the Holy Spirit is to convince you of it. And he still does that today. It was the Holy Spirit of God that arrested me that night (laughs) when I was minding my own business and he showed up at my house and in a moment, in a split second, I was convinced of sin. He reproved me of sin and I knew it was me. I knew that I was guilty. I didn't have to look and ask someone else, was it me? Am I guilty? Am I the one? No, I knew by the power of the Holy Spirit that I was the sinner. I was the sinner. And when a man becomes convinced he's a sinner, guess what he needs? (laughs) A savior. Oh, the work of the Holy Spirit is to reprove men of sin. Specifically, he said to reprove the world. Now, some of us today, unbelieving, sit back and try to limit in our own minds the ability of the Holy Spirit to reach men. But I beg your pardon, friend. He can reach anybody. 
There ain't a soul, there ain't a mind, there's not a conscience that when the Holy Spirit of God speaks unto them that they're not rocked to their core. They may deny to you, but they'll never deny before God that the Holy Spirit has dealt with them. The Bible said the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world you say how can I convince a drunkard uh, to live without the drink how can I drink? I convince a whoremonger uh, to live without the lust how can I convince a you can't do it but bless his name the Holy Spirit can the Holy Spirit can stop a man in his tracks he can make aware the conscience of a man and bring him to a very to the lowest degree that he's ever been. He can bring his world right down in on top of him. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is to reprove the world of sin. Of sin. Because they believe not on me. May I say to you today that the greatest of sins is not of the drunkard. Or the whoremonger, the greatest of sins is not believing in Jesus Christ. And that we were all guilty of. The Bible, according to, I believe the Apostle Paul, hath concluded that all are under sin. We're all sinners, you see. There's no way we can escape the truth of our sin. And yet, how do you convince a man of that? Right, I can stand here and preach all day long. <laughs> but I can't convince you. But I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. <laughs> Men that sit there without being moved at all. And you know why they weren't moved by the word of God? Because the spirit of God hadn't dealt with them. Because the Spirit of God had not yet arrested their conscience and not yet pulled into their, their own vision from their heart. He had not, not yet grabbed them and brought them to that place of realization of his own power. And yet when the Holy Spirit arrests a man, it breaks them. It breaks them. I heard a song this morning. I don't even know the name of it. But it's talking about a pretty mean man, best, best I could tell by the, by the song. And it says he went to church and something got a hold of him. And the next thing, this big brawling drunkard of a man, the next thing they saw was him on the altar weeping before God. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you convince that in any man. But oh, I know one that does. (laughs) Anybody testify? I know what he can do. He can take the drug addict. He can take. He can take the vilest wretch among us, and in just like that, he can bring them to an awareness of their sin. He can convince them that they're the sinner, and they convicted of that sin will recognize, at least in recognition, they'll see their need for a savior. The grace of God does that through the Holy Spirit. We needn't grieve it. We needn't or at least in every way, obey him. We must obey the Spirit of God, friend. It's the only means of salvation. You can't get saved apart from the Spirit of Christ. Reprove the world of sin because they did not believe 
in Christ. You say, well, that was then, this is now. It's different. Man's not different. Man's, man's still as wicked as he's ever been. Man still is as depraved and lost without God as he's ever been. And you say, well, what about the sinners? They just go on and on as if there is no end, as if there is no God. May I say to you today, I don't know whether God's dealt with a sinner you're thinking of or not, but he will. There'll be a day when the Holy Spirit will reveal unto him or her that they're a sinner. They, just like you, have an opportunity to accept the gift of salvation. He told them how important, and oh, I thank him for giving us clearly the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Let me throw this in for just good matter. This is free. This won't cost you anything. The Spirit of God ain't meant to make you rich. That ain't his purpose. Spirit of God don't feed me. It don't clothe me. The Bible said my father did all that. No, the Spirit has an express purpose in our life. And it is to reprove, to convince us of sin. And in that convincing, we become convicted. And he will reprove the world. I don't believe any man will escape this world without that reproof. He may die lost and go right into hell, having known, at least in a moment of time, having known that there was something of salvation, that there was a way, that there was a man, that there was a, a gift that was given that, that he might be saved. But he's come to reprove the world of sin. But also he's come to reprove the world of righteousness. And he says specifically, because I go to my father and you see me no more. The second purpose of the Holy Spirit is to convince us. Remember the, the word reproof means to convince to convince us to the point of conviction. He is, he is convincing us of righteousness. May I say he does that through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself said that, that his own ascension back to the Father was clearly enough to prove that he was the righteous Son of God. You say, how so? I can assure you that no sin ever approaches God. No sin can stand in his presence. And yet what I know about Jesus Christ was that they nailed him to a cross, sinless. They nailed him to a cross as if he were a sinner. And yet what the apostles said was, is he became sin for me. Not a sinner, he became sin for me. He bore my sin that day on Calvary. The righteous one, the Lamb of God, the Holy One, bore my sin. And on that cross, he became sin for me. He suffered in my place. The apostle called him the propitiation for our sins. Jesus Christ, the righteous, amen, the holy, he bore my sin and he died for me. But may I say to you, he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. Reprove and convince the world that Jesus Christ is who he said he was. How can we be so sure? Because they nailed him to a cross. He gave up the ghost and died. They wrapped him up and buried him in a tomb. But on the third day, the Lamb of God, the righteous one, he rose from the dead. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to convince you of that. And he did that one day. 
I ain't speaking for nobody but myself, but in the very instant he convinced me of my sin. He convinced me of my Savior. I knew that in that moment there was one and only one that could save me. I knew that by the power of the Holy Spirit, friend, the Holy Spirit was leading me to Christ. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to convince us of sin, but also to convince us of righteousness. Not ours, but his. His. He specifically said of righteousness because I go back to my father. You remember as they stood there that day, the disciples looking on Jesus, he had been with them for 40 days. The Bible said that there were angels there. And as Jesus had gave them the last, the last parting words he was going to share with them, the Bible said he just began to ascend. They stood there and with their human eyes watched the righteous one raise up off the earth. And you know where he's at today? He ain't here. No, the righteous one went back to where he came from. The righteous one went back to this place beside the Father and there he makes intercession for you and I. You say, how do you know? I've been convinced of it, that Jesus Christ is the righteous one, that he died for my sins and that God accepted the sacrifice of his only son and that alone has brought salvation to me. You can, can you be sure? Yes, you can be sure. I'm convinced of it. The Holy Spirit convinced me. Not man. Not man. Convinced me of what? Convinced me of the righteousness of Christ. Convinced me that it was Christ alone that could save my soul. Oh, we need be careful. When someone comes to the altar, we we need be careful. Because you can't save them. Nor can you convince them. If the Holy Spirit can't do the work, it can't be done. One of the hardest things I have to do when someone goes to the altar is to try to keep my mouth shut. God don't need me most of the time. (laughs) There's more chance for me to mess something up than there is to help. I tell you, the Spirit of God better move upon you expressly if you're going to tell someone something when they're on their knees before God because I can assure you the work will not be accomplished because of you. It'll be through the Holy Spirit of God. I assure you, they're in good hands for Him. You don't have to worry about who's got them. If He can get them there, He can get them there. He don't have to have them. No, the Spirit of God's been saving without me for millennia. He never needed me to finish the process. You know, he never said one time in the Word that that the Spirit of God is going to need all of you fellers to make sure all these people get saved. No, he was clear. 
right? He'd give them a work to do. But he'd also say, when you go to preach that gospel, he said the Holy Spirit's going to be doing it through you. Amen. Aren't you glad today that it's about him and it ain't about us? He's come to convince the world of sin. And he did, and he does. I believe that. I don't don't believe in any way has the Holy Spirit ever failed in what God gave him today. Just because people don't, aren't converted and just because people seemingly don't believe in the world seemingly getting more wicked. I can tell you right now, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit ain't doing his job. He's reproving the world of sin. And oh, how upset it makes everyone. Certainly the ones that don't want to be reproved of sin, right? You see, the, the biggest thing with the atheists, they can say they have no motive, they just don't believe God, but it's not true for the most part. They have an agenda, they don't want a God. The motive for the atheist is that they don't want a God. Why? Because as long as there's not a God, there's no accountability. And as long as there's no accountability, I can live however I want to live. But there's a day, atheist or not, guess who will convince them of sin? How do you know that? Because he said it. He said it. Jesus said they will reprove the world of sin and he'll reprove the world of righteousness. He's going to convince man of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, many of them want to play it off as, yeah, he was a good man. Or they want to add him along with their God. Right? They just want to make him one of the others. I tell you today that there's none but him. (laughs) I'm convinced of it. He's been standing for himself, Paul. He don't need me. (laughs) When they drug him into the house of Dagon, amen, the Philistines pretty proud they had the ark. Let's just take the ark into our, into our God's temple. They came back the next day and old Dagon, their statue was laid down, both the palms broke off. Well, that was troubling to them, but they stood him back up. They come back the next day and old Dagon laid down and his head was off and they said, that's enough of that. Get that out of here and take it back where it came from. Here's what I want you to know. There ain't no other God but him. You sure of that? Absolutely convinced. The righteous one came that he gave himself for me. See, well, it's great and good, but how does that affect me? Well, if he's righteous, guess what I am? And that's a necessary part of the process is to recognize what I am. Not only did he convince me of sin, but he convinced me that I'm not Jesus, that I don't have the power of Jesus, that I'm not whole as Jesus, I'm not sinless as Jesus, I am not righteous. I'm convinced of that too. Very clear in my mind that I am absolutely dependent upon God for righteousness. You say, preacher, are you righteous? There was a righteousness imputed to me that day I was born again. But let me be clear, it's not mine. He gave me his. (laughs) The Spirit of God convinces a man of that. Apostle Paul went as far to say it like this, where is boasting then? Where is boasting? 
He said, there is none. No, because whatever righteousness I have, it was from him. My righteousness, he declared, was as filthy rags. I'm convinced of it. And the Holy Spirit has done that work. Convinced and convicted of sin, convinced and convicted of righteousness. His and the lack of within me. The Holy Spirit has done his job. But thirdly, thirdly, he said the Holy Spirit will reprove of judgment. Of judgment. He said because the prince of this world is judged. Now Jesus could have elaborated in any three of these these examples or these explanations of the work of the Holy Spirit. But he simply gave the most important reasons. He convinces a man that judgment is coming. It's, a, it's, a, it's simply a work of accountability. When you become lost is when you recognize you're a sinner and unrighteous before God and that one day he will judge you. You'll stand before him, you see. You'll not escape it. Not one will escape the judgment of God. How in the world does the Holy Spirit convince a man that a judgment is coming? Well, according to Jesus, because the judge of this, or the prince of this world is judged. Is Satan judged? Yes. According to the scripture, already judged. His sentence we read of. We know exactly what's going to happen to Satan. We know exactly who's going to do it. We know where he's going. Satan has already been judged. According to Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit is to convince you and I that as we know, Satan is already judged. We will be also You think for a moment that somehow he's able to judge Satan and not you. The greater of those two powers is clear. Right? I'm not standing against Satan, not by myself. I am convinced by the Holy Spirit that there is a judgment to come. I'm convinced by the Spirit of God that there is a judgment that will take place and I know it will because He has already judged the prince of this world. Convinced? Yes. The Holy Spirit has done that work. It's too late to try to teach me otherwise. It's too, it's too late to try to convince me any other way. I tell you today that there's a lot of things that can be done to convince people of different things. Rationale, logic, all types of things that can be in, in used just to try to sway one's mind. But I tell you, when a person becomes convinced of the Holy Spirit, you'll be hard-pressed. You'll be hard-pressed to change that. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that I'm a sinner. I'm convinced... That I'm unrighteous and I'm convinced that I'll be judged. 
And all of that was the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to close. You say, well, that sounds like a long process. No, it happened in about five minutes. If it took that long. You see, there was a moment. It's hard to grasp this part. But there was a moment before the foundation of the world that the Father determined just what he was going to do in me. The most extraordinary statement, it says he chose me before the foundation of the world. I can't grasp such a truth as that. But as I sit there that day, that night, a Sunday night, minding my own business, my mother didn't know he was coming. My father didn't know he was coming. Poor old Tim Lane who was sitting beside me, he had no idea he was coming. But I blessed the day that the Holy Spirit came to me. He arrested my every thought. I couldn't think of nothing else If I had tried, he arrested every conscious thought. And there was nothing in my mind except what he intended me to be convinced of. And in that simple, short time, I became just as lost as a person could be. You couldn't have convinced me that I was not the greatest sinner that had ever lived. I was nine years old and absolutely convinced I was headed to hell. I bless the day. (laughs) Oh, thank God that Jesus went back. We long to see him, don't we? That's part of the hope is we want to see him. The one that did the work. But I'm so glad he went back. If he had stayed, he'd been on a throne in Palestine. And I'd have been lost on Six Mile Road. The two don't equal salvation. I'd have never had a way to get to him. No, he said, I tell you a truth. It's expedient that I go away. He said, but let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send the comforter to you. And when he comes... He will reprove the world of sin. He will reprove the world of righteousness. And he will reprove the world of judgment. He did it in me. Anybody with me? He did it in me. I'm absolutely convinced. And all of that was through the Holy Spirit. You say, preacher, we don't really need the Holy Spirit in our services anymore. Right? 
just just give us some better entertainment and a good talk. Tell me how good I am and just to get better at making good choices. That's what we really need. We don't need the... I beg your pardon. But if the Holy Spirit ain't here, it's in vain. They ain't a person will be convinced of anything. And they'll die lost without God if the Spirit ain't involved. Ah, you could go on and on, couldn't you? In the Spirit of God precious. The same Spirit that brought me to that place of such terror revealed to me in the same moment that there was a way. The more I think about it, I just can't remember all that I said when I got on the altar, but I, I, I half believe I got saved as I was on the way. But then something happened. Listen to me. You may be here tonight in church. Most of you are church people, right? So you hear me, right, and it don't sound bizarre, but think if you'd never heard such a story. Think if, think if you'd never heard this before, what that, might be, what that might sound like. But there was something got a hold of me. And before I left that night, I was a new creature. Did that happen to you? In everything we do, we have to obey the Spirit of God. Whatever the Spirit of God bids us to do, we have to do that. The only one that convince of sin, the only one that can convict of righteousness or judgment is, is the Holy Spirit. And that's what God sent him to do. As we stand and sing. If you're here tonight, I don't know your heart, but God does.